All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship today. It's great to be back with you all here in God's house to worship and to receive from him his gifts of word and sacrament today. Uh, Please stand. Don't shake hands. Don't even move from where you are. Just wave to the people that are around you and say hello to everybody this morning. Don't forget the people up in the balcony. There we are, yes. All right, very good. I have just one pre-service announcement, and that is um, we have made copies of the communion hymns, so if you did not pick those up, please make sure that you do so. Those are in the back on that center table right there. Does everybody have a copy of the communion hymns? There's supposed to be good one. Good morning, and welcome there to Train Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. Of those I am Scott George, one your announcer for the sixth Sunday Easter. Reverend Jake Slutton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is a lay minister, Bruce Slutton, and the organist, Mrs. Susan Senator. Today's order of service. Let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you for the gospel that has called us here to receive from you the very gift of your word and sacrament. We thank you, Lord, that as always, that we are not called here by accident or by chance, but by the holy, precious blood of Christ shed for us on Calvary's cross. Lord, now we ask that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship. Lord, truly better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sit. I forgot. I always forget. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Canon Darlene Lampy, and thanks for service and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. So we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, will forgive our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess Your word is a lamp to my feet. Forever, O Lord, your word Your faithfulness endures to all generations. By your appointment they stand this day. If your law had not been my delight, I will never forget your precepts. Amen. 
Your word is a lamp to my feet. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole, church, whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration, grant that we may think of those things that are right and by your merciful guiding accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our first reading is taken from Acts chapter 17. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Oropagus, said, 
Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. This is the word of our Lord. Christ has risen from the dead. He has given him dominion over the works of his hands. Special music today is Christ Be In My Waking by Carol McIntyre, accompanied by Amanda Minnie. Christ be in my waking as the sun is rising in my day of working with me every hour. Christ be in my resting as the day is ending, calming and refreshing, watching through the night. Christ be in my thinking and my understanding, guarding me Christ be in my speaking, every word a blessing, pure and not deceiving, grace to all who hear. Jesus, this is my devotion, all my life to know. Christ be in my gladness for the joy of living, thankful for the goodness of the Father's hand. 
Christ be in my sorrow, in my day of darkness, knowing that I follow in the steps he trod. Christ, when hope is faded, nothing left to cling to, every pleasure jaded, every well is dry. Christ, the loving shepherd, draws me with his kindness, leads me from the desert to the streams of life. Christ, be in my waking as the sun is rising in my day of working with me every hour. With me every hour. With me every hour. Second reading for this morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 3. Just a brief word about this letter from Peter uh, to the congregations in Asia Minor, uh, to whom congregations he probably established himself. They were under great persecution. And Paul wanted and felt compelled to write these letters to these congregations to give them encouragement. And while we're not under persecution, the times we find ourselves in today we find these words of encouragement, much like spiritual salve ourselves. So, First Peter chapter 3. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience, to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven, and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers, having been subjected to him. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. 
Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Our next hymn is From All That Dwell Below the Skies, number 816.
Alleluia. Christ is risen. Please be seated. Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's Meditation is the lesson from Acts that was just read. Please have that in front of you because we're going to be referring to it and kind of going through it a little bit as we go along here this morning. And what I love about the theme for this Sunday is that, in case you haven't been able to to tell yet, hopefully you will by the end of this sermon, and if you haven't, then I've done a really terrible job and I just need to scrap it and start over again. But the theme for today is is that the God that we worship is a known God. You and I know him. He knows us. This is what the gospel lesson was just about. This is what the lesson from 1 Peter was just about as well. And as we're going to go through in in the book of Acts, Paul is in the center of the intellectual world at that time and is speaking to supposedly intellectual people. And he tells them that the gods that they worship, of which there were many, are not known to them. And they certainly don't know you, intellectual people. But the God that I worship, Paul, has been resurrected, is risen indeed. And as such, I know him and he knows me. And so just a little bit of context into this text At this point, uh, Paul has fled Berea because he was preaching about Christ and the Jews in Thessalonica didn't like what he had to say. So the Jews come and they come to stir up the crowds against him. And so Silas and Timothy, they send Paul away to Athens for his own safety. And while he is waiting in Athens, Paul is looking around, and everywhere Paul looks, there's all of these gods and all of these different idols. In fact, it was said that about Athens that there were more statues of gods than there were people. No, sorry. There were more statues of gods there than all of Greece put together. And, it was, and that also, it was easier to meet a god there in Athens than it was to meet someone else. And the story goes that the reason for this is because about 600 years before Paul arrived in Athens, there was a terrible plague that had come upon the city, and there was no real way of getting rid of it. So this poet, I don't know why you would rely on a poet for medical advice, but I love poets, they're great, but, you know, science. Anyway, um, a poet from Crete comes along and he proposes this solution. A flock of sheep that were both black and white would be set free in the city. And then wherever each laid down as it was, I'm sorry, wherever each laid down at it then was sacrificed to the nearest God. That sheep would be sacrificed to the nearest God. And if a sheep laid down near the shrine of a God that was not known, it was sacrificed to the quote unknown God. And so Paul, his spirit provoked within him, and because Paul, well, quite frankly, he just couldn't keep his mouth shut, as Luke writes, decides that he can't just let this go. And so he goes to the the synagogue, and he has a mission. And so Paul begins, and he is talking, and he is reasoning with the people about these gods, and suddenly 
what he's talking about gets back to the great philosophers. Of, but beginning in verse 22, he begins with what they both have in common. He says to them, I see that all of you are a very religious people. Another way to say that is that you all are a very superstitious people. And that all of you, like me, believe in a higher power. So he starts with kind of what they have in common. And then in verse 24, he begins to separate himself. He says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Essentially what Paul is saying is is that the risen Christ, the God that I worship, is not the made. He wasn't made by anyone, at least of all you highly intellectual people. But rather he is the maker. He is the creator. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. And as he says so rightly, that everything in it belongs to him. Going down to verse 26, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. What Paul is saying there is that the known God is involved in his creation. We've kind of talked about this before, but our God is not just sitting up there in heaven looking down on us with a bowl of popcorn and just eating and watching everything that goes by, and he doesn't care. God is very involved. He cares very much about what is happening. If that were not so, he would not have sent Christ. And so think about that for just a moment and let that sink in. If God didn't care about what was happening, why would he have sent Jesus? The fact is, is that he wouldn't have. He would have had no reason to, but because he does care, but because he is so intimately involved in what he has made as the maker, he sends his son Jesus Christ. The known God is involved in his creation. And then in verse 27, he really begins to bring his point home. He is actually not far from us. He's not far. We can, in fact, know him. He says, too, that we are, we are God's offspring. What he is saying there is that, is that we, we, we were made in his image. We were made in his likeness. Once upon a time, you and I were made perfect, just as he was. And so because of this, don't think that we, as the created, can then make the creator with our own hands. We've seen this before, and it failed miserably. Do you remember the golden calf? How did that go? Not very well at all. So our God is known. Our God can be known. He is involved, and we as such are made in his image. We are his offspring. And then thirdly, the world will be judged by God's appointed uh, uh, the world will be judged by God's appointed who he has raised from the dead. And this is another way that Paul says that we can know him. Because he is currently alive and well and resides at the right hand of the throne of God. Remember this, it's it's kind of a a surprisingly little-known fact, but after Christ was raised, after he was brought back to life, he went and appeared to over 500 people after he had been raised to life. 
And so it wasn't just the disciples that that saw him. There were over 500 other people that saw Christ was alive as well because he was raised from the dead. And now, unfortunately, after Paul was finished, we are told that some believed what he had to say, and there were some who didn't believe, and there were some who said, well, we want you to come back and talk more about this risen Christ. It's sort of similar, actually, probably to how Paul would have been received today if he had had the same opportunity here in 2020. So what does this mean for all of us? Well, very simply this, actually, and I want to express to you the comfort that this text gave me as I was going through it. That in the midst of a season in which so much is unknown, in the midst of a season where I don't know what's going to happen a month from now, let alone a week from now, let alone tomorrow, in the midst of so much that is unknown, I am really wasting my time worrying about everything. And really, I compare the season that we are going through today to when the Israelites only got enough manna to live for each day. And so if you kind of recall how that story goes, right? So the Israelites go to Moses and they say, we're hungry, we want something to eat. When we were in Egypt, we had everything that we wanted to eat. And out here, you have brought us out here to die and there's nothing to eat. So God sends manna upon the people. But remember that there were sort of conditions to this manna. Don't gather so much, because if you gather too much, more than a day's worth, it's going to go bad. And that's what happened. Some of them began to gather more than what they were supposed to, and then it went bad, and it spoiled. Just trust that God is going to provide today, and the next day, and the day after that. And the reason why we can do that is because our God is known, because our God is known to us, and the known God is to read from John chapter 1. He says it so well. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands. I'll read that again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands. This is the known God, the God that is known to us. We have heard him. We have heard him through his word. The Apostle Paul talks, talks um, elsewhere about how when God's word is heard, that faith is immediately created. That when God's word is heard, that it never comes back empty or void, that it always accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent and contained in this word. I don't know if you guys know what that white banner, what what the Red Cross is for. That banner was put up the day that I was installed here. And that verse, John 20, verse 31, is really, if I had a mission statement as a pastor, it would be that. We went through it actually just a few weeks ago. John writes in that verse, these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. 
We have heard him through his word. We have seen him because we have believed in the Son. Jesus says, if you have seen me, then you have seen the Father. As we talked about just a few moments ago, God is involved in what he has made. He does care about what is happening. He does care about the season that we are currently in. He does care about your life. He cares so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for your life. And as Christ so wonderfully says, so that you may have life and have it to the full. We, have, we who have touched him with our hands by his sacrament. You guys have heard me say this many times before, but I'm going to say it again the sacrament that we can smell with our senses, smell and taste and see and touch. This known God, the risen Christ. And so come. Come and smell and taste and see and touch the known God. The God who is known to you. The God who is so intimately involved in your life that as the gospel says, that that the Holy Spirit lives within you. Come and smell, taste, see, and touch the body and blood given for you so that you may know the known God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so this morning using the Nicene Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things the soul of and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only God and Son of God, God is Father. Please be seated. And just a reminder that uh, if you have not already done so, you may drop off your offering and your tithe in the back on, in the basket that is on the table in the center of the narthex there. And just as another reminder for those of you who are here or for those of you who might be listening wherever it is that you happen to be, there are three ways, uh, well now, sorry, now, four ways that you can give your offering or your tithe. The first is if 
if you come, uh, to put it in the basket that is in the back. The second way is to go to the website that is trinity1874.com and the donate button in the top right corner. Uh, the third way is you may drop it off in the offering basket that is in the north breezeway just outside of the office during the regular office hours. Uh, and then you may also uh, mail your offering or your tithe into the church office. And so with that, please stand as we sing the offertory. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and giving us this time to worship you. As this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that regardless of what the world may place their trust, you alone are the one true God, the creator and sustainer of the universe. Give us the courage to confess our faith to all those you place in our path. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery, those who find themselves confined to their homes for whatever reason. We lift up all of those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dotson, Bob Yelenek, Gary Degan, Emma Conklin, Wayne, Rose Marie, John Alexander, John Eden, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Judy, Louise, Dana, Little Sutton Grace, Norma, Florine, Sherry, Fawn, Doris Meyer, Hunter Gaddy, and Marilyn Stewart. These, Lord, we lift up to you as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel as they answer the call for help. Father, we pray that you will watch over them, protect them against all harm, Strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. 
We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Help them make decisions during these days that are for the good of your people. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage feast at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Ross and Jane Matledge, who are celebrating 46 years of marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life, as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. Father, in the midst of all the chaos these past weeks, we have seen the work of your mighty hand as you have led us to the conclusion of yet another school year. What a crazy time. But yet, through your guidance and the flexibility and dedication of the teachers and staff, we managed to navigate through it all. For this, we give you thanks and praise. Be the, with the students now, as well as the teachers and staff, as they transition into summer recess. Keep all safe and healthy. Give parents an extra measure of your grace as they take on the additional workload this summer, this summer will demand. While we don't know what the new school year will bring, we do know that you will lead us through it, just as you always do. For this, we give you thanks. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord God, we come to you for healing and encouragement during these days of uncertainty and suffering. Be with us as we continue to deal with this national illness. Protect all the health caregivers who tend to the sick. Be with those who deal with unemployment. Give us all a fuller measure of faith in the promises of your word. Grant that we may live trustingly, one day at a time, knowing that you will not fail us, that you are in control of all things. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
pray together the prayer that the Lord himself gave us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm that Jesus is your, is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
First distribution hymn is Son of God, Eternal Savior, hymn 842, hymn 842. second hymn is Praise the Almighty, Lutheran Service Book 797, 797.
And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. pray the post-communion collect together. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us in this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercies, that you would strengthen us in the same, in faith towards you, and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, our Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. We sing our closing hymn, the last three verses of Thy Strong Word, number 578.
And just a few announcements before we close with worship today. Thank you all for joining us this morning, whether you were here uh, in the sanctuary or whether you were listening from wherever it is that you happen to be. Uh, we thank you for joining us. We pray that your time this morning in the Word was a blessed one. Uh, just another reminder that confirmation will be on May the 31st, uh, so please plan on joining us for that very, very special day. Uh, there are two job openings at, this, at our school um, for the 2020-2021 school year, the kindergarten teacher and the, and the middle school math and science teacher. Call or email Amanda Menning. Where's Amanda? Somewhere. There she is in the back. Um, to By May the 26th to apply for that. Uh, and as always, if you are unable to make it to church for whatever reason, please tune in to the radio broadcast, the live stream podcast, or the new Facebook page each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, and I believe that is all the announcements that I have for this morning. Uh, I pray that you all would have a very, very blessed week in the Lord. Uh, remember that the, that the God that you worship is a known God in an unknown season. Uh, so I pray that you would take comfort this week in that. Uh, I invite Jerry to come forward to dismiss uh, everybody out, and I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George.